0: Welcome to An Industry in Transition, the must-listen to podcast for financial advisors and industry leaders from Tony Siriani, the CEO and publisher of Advisor Hub, where we explore the week's news and events and put our ever-changing business into perspective. Tony is joined each week by industry leaders, mavericks, and disruptors who give their take on our industry and their thoughts on where we are headed. If you want to remain relevant, you can't miss it. Now, here's your host, Tony Siriani.
1: Welcome everyone to another edition of the Industry and in Transition podcast. I'm happy to have our friend Chris Moan with us. Chris is a partner and head of wealth management at Wedbush Securities. Welcome, Chris. Thanks,
2: Tony. Great to be here.
1: Uh, excited to have you because I want to talk about a couple of things. There's obviously a lot going on right now. We've got inflation. We've got you know a bear market. We've we've got uh, just yes you know, some panic uh, going on out there. Uh, we have an industry that's still, you know, changing, you know, quite a bit and uh, looking forward to getting your thoughts on all that.
2: Great. Well, it's good to be here. And uh, you're right. There is quite a bit going on in the markets right now. I was listening to Bloomberg on the way into the office this morning and uh, they had about three different analysts on. Um, it was incredible the range of um, Outcomes and, and um, prognostication that we had from these analysts. One was an economist who was pounding the table, saying the Fed's not doing enough. They forgot about QT two. They forgot about the, the dollar. They're just using inflation uh, and and the rate hikes as a blunt instrument. They're never going to win. You had another economist who said, "Yeah, we're done. This is kind of right around the top, and we've got green shoots ahead." and and then a chief market strategist of an asset manager got on and said, we really, this is just, there's too much happening right now. We've got geopolitical uncertainty. We've got volatility in the markets. We've got the economy. We've got bad consumer sentiment. And, you know, like, it kind of felt terrible after listening to that last uh, <laughs> strategist and uh, and their dire predictions. You know, it's, um, it, it's certainly causing a drain on... Uh, <laughs> weighing heavily on consumer sentiment, and it's also impacting our advisors as well.
1: Yeah. And, you know, but the fact is we've seen this before, more or less, you know, one way or the other. Well, let's put it this way. We've heard those things before in other crises that had sort of different beginnings, right? But you you hear that kind of stuff from analysts and it always is all over the place. And how do you keep your guys steady in a time like that and, and recognize that, you know the one true thing is the advisor, the relationship with the client, and kind of stay the course. Or, or is that what you're saying?
2: Well, it is, and we're we're a different firm, Tony. As you know, we're um, we are a very flat uh, organization. Um, we have um, some of our advisors will pick up the phone and call my boss, our CEO, and talk about the markets and talk about problems they may have uh, and solutions that he has and his opinion on the markets. So. For us, communication is critical. And um, we just had a town hall a week and a half ago where we got on over the Zoom and um, reached out to everyone in all of our offices across the country and really stressed the importance of that communication, increasing that communication. Our business is trust and competency. And we build that trust by deep relationships with our clients. Some of our advisors were sending out letters to clients that said, There's going to be a bumpy road ahead. We're going to expect extreme moves in the market. This is all going to happen. It's not a surprise. We look back at every time the market was down over 20% and then look at the next two or three years of what happened afterwards. Let's take the emotion out of it. Relax. We're in control. We have a plan and we're going to stick to the plan. And then did what most advisors won't do, which is called every client after sending out the letter and said, how do you feel? Did you get my letter? Just wanted to let you know we're here. How is everything going with you? How's your family? Those types of questions help unlock the real trigger in what the client mind is, what their fear is in the market, and how it'll impact their overall plan. But it also solidifies those relationships, it builds trust,
1: and it allows us to demonstrate competency. So that's
2: what we're doing.
1: In a lot of ways, you know, the... the." it's a battle that was won a long time ago. If you did the right thing by your clients over the last 10 years, they, they get it. They're feeling pretty good. We earn our pay right now, but, but we would have been, we should have been doing all this stuff right along, right? We got to be communicating right along. Absolutely. And a firm has to do that with their clients too, right? Same, same thing. Um, w- When I look around and I see what's, what, it's interesting that we're sort of going down these two rows. There, there is this volatility in the market. It's, it's, it's a difficult time for a lot of people and, you know, clients are, you know, can, can have individual issues, but I think we all take a long-term view. I've not heard anything really different from anybody in, on the retail side of the business. You know, we, we actually seem to be less panicky than some of those analysts, right? But at the same time that all this is going on, the sort of market volatility, our business, the business side of our business it seems to be, you know, Keeping at a pace that it hasn't been a long time. I mean with recruiting and MA and all the things that are going on in our business and advisors sort of voting with their feet for this is the model that I like and this is where I want to be. So I, I just find that a fascinating, a fascinating dichotomy right now.
2: Well, it is interesting. There is a lot going on in the market. There's a lot going on in the minds of the clients. And in in for us, what's paramount is making sure that we we're doing the same thing that our advisors are doing for our right. clients. Here at Wedbush, we're making sure we reach out to our advisors. We're talking to them about what's happening in the market, but we're also paying attention because a lot of firms will get caught uh, with the rapid pace of change that accelerates through this industry. If you're not thinking about what's coming, you're not paying attention to what we call predictable surprises, those things that are lurking around the corner. But if you're not looking for them, you're not going to be ready. Right. And there's a big move to the middle here right now with the advisors. They're they're leaving the big firms, they're leaving the small firms, and they're looking at the firms that are right in the middle. And I, I think personally that's we're right in that sweet spot.
1: Well, that that you know my theory is that yes, I think when you talk about where uh you know advisors are going, they're clearly going. Uh, the independent movement is drawing a lot of large teams and things like that. But they're going because of an ethos. And the ethos talks about independence and the primacy of the client and product, you know, sophistication and and all and great technology, all that stuff. Um, and the culture, you could say, in that middle area has been where Wedbush, Janny, some of these other regional firms, you know, have traditionally been. It's almost like they're they're coming, they're coming to where you've already been. So it's no surprise to you.
2: Yeah, and it's it's exciting too. And when you when you make that move and you think about it, everybody talks about the independence. It is not just about the independence. We have a very, very strong and what we call an interdependent channel of uh, um, independent franchise owners here at Wedbush. We also have the employees, the W2 advisors that are in our branch offices. And it's really important, you can have somebody do the, they, they, they're focusing on that move to the middle, and they may be in a branch office of a large firm, they want to come to a branch office of a firm where they have a better culture, It's a flexible firm. They make decisions quickly and firm where they can be appreciated and heard. Um, Part of this is important in getting out into the offices and spending time with the people. We have an advisory council here that uh, we have have financial advisors from our W-2 channel in the branches. We have independent franchise owners. All of them sit on a council and we talk about this move in the business and what we need to do as a firm to be out in front of it to best serve our clients and our advisors. But you also have RIA. Um, We have an RIA services channel and we have a, uh, we've just started a new uh, multi-custodial RIA. So now we have all four channels of that move to the middle. So our strategy is serve the independent advisors. Yes. Serve the uh, the employee advisors that prefer to work in a branch office and have that flat, flexible culture uh, at a firm that, that that they want to work at, but also be able to serve the firms through RIA services where they would custody at Wedbush or through Onward advisors where they would custody away at another firm. So that, you know, having all four of those is critically important to be in that sweet spot as advisors continue that move to the middle.
1: So talk a little bit about, about the Onward opportunity. with with, what that's all about. Maybe even compare and contrast because now we're all in the middle of all these firms, and people are looking for their slice of it, right? If if we if we're we're aligned via culture and all those things, this is kind of this is the type of business I want to operate. You're saying you're in that middle ground, and you got all the you got every flavor of ice cream.
2: Well, it's about choice, and it's about choice. Uh, the Clients want choice. The advisors need and demand choice. And when they're looking for a firm and making that move to the middle, uh, they want to have that choice. So the, our RIA services division is a traditional where we, Wedbush is a self-clearing firm with the largest and mm-hmm. longest standing self-clearing firm on the West Coast. But clients will come, those firms will come, and they'll custody their assets with us in our RIA services division. But, our, but IARs or firms that work at large RIAs or RI, registered investment advisors themselves they also want to look for a new custodian right. because, you know, they may not get all of the services that we have as a friendly broker or, or
1: attention. You know, the, the the trick is to how do you bring that culture of service and that good culture to an to a to servicing an RIA, which could be a pretty corporate kind of feel. You know what I mean? It could be. a. Right. I know I've been there, so it could be it could not feel very friendly.
2: Well, you you had that experience yourself and the firm you ran in the past. And yeah, we have uh, we have CEOs of firms that are looking, you know, hey, I like my custodian. More importantly, my clients like my custodian. I don't want to have a disruptive move for my clients, but I definitely need more. And how can I work with a firm, an RIA, that will allow me to provide additional services and look at what's happening. I mean. In in the in the regulatory landscape, I think we've seen more more um, activity, more legislation, more rules in the past three years. If you talk about change, than we have in the past twenty five years. No
1: question about it. Only going to get and there's an appetite for more
2: of that stuff. Exactly, it's only going to grow. So right. you need to have that, you need to have those surveillance systems, you need to have the the compliance and the supervision. So, now, so
1: you're getting on the compliance, I agree with all that, the you're, if I'm an RIA, and I hook into this uh, on- onward uh, thing, you have access to BD stuff too, right? I mean, and that that seems to be the, the natural benefit, because it's kind of difficult, when you start your own RIA, it's hard to It's hard to align the the broker dealer stuff. Even if even if you want to go, you know, all fee, you've still got annuity products, you know, that you just don't want to get rid of, or clients need, and it's hard and expensive to get the BD stuff done.
2: Right for a true for a true RIA that really wants to manage the entire balance sheet, and they have a planning focus. Part of that planning is going to be on protection planning, and they're going to need an insurance and annuity products to make to provide the solutions. Uh, for a, for either estate planning or protection planning, but it also comes down to some clients that want to have a, a traditional broker dealer relationship, or there may be legacy clients or next gen clients where they need to take advantage of solutions that they can capture the clients and the uh, the clients' children and their grandchildren, G two and G three, just to have that um legacy and longevity of their practice.
0: Right.
1: So. Uh, you 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 offer that then in the onward you you have the ability to use you know the BD stuff too yeah and that's
2: that. that's our model we have all four of those pillars um, strongly within Wedbush Securities so that we can look to just about any advisor CEO or independent uh, advisor representative IAR who may want to make that move to the middle and consider um, take advantage of that choice and find a better culture. So that's, yeah. that's really, you know, with a focus on growth and resources and people, I think it really puts us in the sweet spot of that choice.
1: So the trick with that is you got to find um, good leadership. I mean, that, that's the, in, in my mind, that's the that's difference, the make or break thing with RIAs. Well, well I, I'm making an assumption here that the RIAs that want to grow, you know, right. versus an individual RIA, right? Two different things.
2: Well, we traditionally look and see there's, there's, you know, and I hate to limit it because it's the, the, the wonderful thing about our business is there's so many different types of practices. Every time I think I've seen everything, I, I come up, I run into another practice, somebody I worked with in the past or somebody that's got something new and innovative. And that is really critically important. So when you think about the innovation in our business uh, and the entrepreneurial the advisor, we, we look to answer the question, what do they need? And that helps us shape our strategy looking forward in a a market with this accelerating pace of change.
1: Right. Fantastic. Um, believe it or not, we've been on about 20 minutes already about this stuff. And so, uh, what I wanted to do is find out if there's anything, uh, that I haven't asked you that you wanted to talk about. And, and, um, bottom line, I wanted to ask a question about where you think, uh, this business is headed. What, what are, I know it's very with, with all the stuff going on, but kind of what do you see as the next big steps? But also anything you had that you wanted to add? Um I think that pensive thought, that's good.
2: Yeah. I don't know. I think we're I think we're good, Tony. I think I want to talk a little bit more around, about the um the culture and um um Value creation.
1: Well, that's a big. Obviously, it's it's a key thing, you know, for advisors. This, the the idea of, of value creation. That that's why, you know, when you, if you ask me, you know, we're in the middle. But the three things that advisors are looking for in the middle: equity, multi multi and multi platform. Well, you got the multi custodian, multi platform. It's the equity and and creating value. And that brings up all the questions about succession. But clearly, that's important to advisors. I'm wondering how much of that is in your thoughts as you put this thing together.
2: Well, as we look to the future and we think about our, our advisors, um, equity is critically important. Uh, value creation is also important. But there's some things that people overlook. You have to look at the entire package. Like we just We just rolled out a new compensation plan, which is very, very difficult. And we were very thoughtful about it. We sent it out to our advisory council. What do you think? And actually, they, they added um, aspirational grids to the upside with higher payouts. And I, I thought it was excellent. Um, that's, they said, this is one good way to get us uh, thinking about becoming a $5 million producer instead of stopping it at three. Right. We also looked at the total value. And it's not just participating in equities. You know, we're a private firm. And that's, that's a wonderful opportunity for, for people who are looking to really create long-term value. And our goal is to create an environment with all of our total compensation value creation packages that makes it clear to people that this is the best place for them and for their clients. And from a wealth building perspective, they really can't afford to do anything else. Right. When you look at our benefits and you think about a firm like I remember A.G. Edwards, when yeah. we first got in the business, they, everyone and every employee, every colleague of A.G. Edwards, all they talked about were their benefits plans when I got here, I took a look at our benefits plan. I looked at our 401k match. I looked at our profit sharing contribution. And I talked to a, a, a friend of mine that I, I hired from a competitor firm. And he said to me, you know, I looked at the last 10 years of earnings at my prior firm. I made more in my first year between the 401k match and the profit sharing contribution than I did in the last 10 at my last firm. Now that adds up, and I think that's that culture that everybody misses. Yeah, and I and think I, it's really important to talk about.
1: And in a private firm too, you—you, you, I mean, you can have custom programs uh, for succession. You know, you, you buy advisors' books, and 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 I'm assuming same thing with the RIA channel on the in the upward side. I mean, there's right, you know, you're, you're able to deploy capital uh, in ways that help the advisor, right?
2: We do it in a smart way. We, we of course, we have an RIA focus, but we do it in a personal way too. And, you know, we we did roll out succession plans. We did roll out teaming. We did roll out a foundations program for training new advisors and building that pathway to capture the next generation. But at the same time, we have, the, we, we preserve that flexibility. So somebody yeah. can pick up the phone and call me and say, you know, I kind of want to do things a little bit differently. And this is what makes sense for me and my clients and my practice. And that's how we approach it. So it's more of a bespoke approach and that's advisor focused, but it really captures all of the great things that are happening and keeps focused on putting the advisor at the forefront of that decision-making and giving them the, the freedom and flexibility to grow their business.
1: Well. The, the, that's a good point to leave it on. we' will We'll talk more, Chris, about some other stuff. as you know, we'll do another one of these calls maybe early uh, next year. and uh, we're gonna see you at our event on November fifteenth. So that's what we're doing. That's gonna be great. And I know you're actually bringing, I guess there's one more thing to talk about. Uh, we're gonna have um, some uh, Wed Wedbush uh, Wed uh, female financial advisors come to the event. And that's going to be exciting. We're going to have a women's uh, meeting actually at the event, too. So I know uh, you're looking forward to that as well.
2: Well, we're really grateful. We actually piggybacked on your event. Um, one of our advisors is featured on your the cover of your magazine. She's done an incredible job. So we had a quick idea since you were gracious enough to bring in some very, very successful um, women financial advisors from other firms and host a best practice breakout we did. Uh, we created our first Wedbush Women's Summit, and I I spoke to the head of our um, our Wedbush organization of women. She's a financial advisor in in one of our offices, and she and I invited uh, six of our top advisors to come and attend the event. But also, okay. we're having a women's summit, meaning they're going to attend the event. We're going to participate in that breakout, and then we're having a private dinner afterwards with the okay. a um, a very influential, uh, inspirational woman executive who's gonna come and spend some time with our advisors.
1: Fantastic, fantastic. Well, uh, we appreciate everything you guys are doing out there. Uh, Congratulations to them and to you guys on your success and uh, look forward to talking again soon, Chris.
0: Thanks, Tony. Appreciate the opportunity. All right. Thanks for joining us this week on An Industry in Transition. Make sure to visit our website, www.advisorhub.com, and subscribe to Advisor Hub. It's free, and you won't miss any advisor news or events. While you're on site, check out all the podcasts available. Click on the deals pages and resources tab for valuable content, or check out the market section with its guru predictions, latest fintech offerings, you name it. Feel free to email Tony Sirianni about specific questions we can address on the show. He can be reached by email at contact at advisorhub.com. Please note that all requests and questions are handled with complete discretion and confidentiality. Thank you for listening, and be sure to tune in next week for the next Industry in Transition episode.